the purpose behind the museum, or what I like to call the secret conspiracy, um, <laughs> is to bring back that curiosity and that positivity. And the way I do it is I'll go almost anywhere. But the main the main thing is going to schools and libraries and stuff like that and events. Do you want to learn effective ways to build relationships, generate sales, and grow your business from successful entrepreneurs, startups, and CEOs without listening to a long, long, long interview? If so, you've come to the right place. Gresham Harkness values your time and is ready to share with you precisely the information you're in search of. This is the I Am CEO Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. This is Gresh from the I Am CEO podcast. I have a very special guest on the show today. I have Denny Daniel of the Museum of Interesting Things. Denny, great to have you on the show. Hey, great to be here. Yeah, super excited to have you on. And before we jump into the interview, I want to read a little bit more about Denny so you can hear about all the awesome things that he's doing. And curator and founder of the Museum of Interesting Things, Denny brings his traveling interactive demonstration slash exhibition of antiques and inventions to schools, libraries, and events, inspiring innovation and creativity for all. He has appeared on the History Channel, the Science Channel, NY1 News, PBS, Channel 11, and other 20 publications, including the Smithsonian and the New York Times, Time Out, and presented and spoke at four TEDx Talks. Daniel is an NYU grad, often lectures there, and also at Columbia, uh, Columbia University. Danny, super excited to have you on the show. Are you ready to speak to the IMCL community? Absolutely. Awesome. 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 You're getting me all choked up with all the awesome and interesting things that you're doing. So what I wanted to do before we jumped into hearing about some of those interesting things is rewind the clock a little bit, hear a little bit more on how you got started, what I call your CEO story. So, um, you know, when people uh, always ask me, how do you become a CEO? How do you get, you know, into something? I always say to them, there's two impetus for every entrepreneur to start what they do. Uh, First of all, a passion for something. And second of all, bad bosses. <laughs> <laughs> I think every entrepreneur can relate to that just a little bit. <laughs> I definitely can. <laughs> so with me, it was, you know, realizing at some point in my, you know, I've done many things in my life because to live in America and to live in New York, especially, <clears throat> you, have, you have to have at least three careers <laughs> to survive these days. Um <laughs> But I started realizing that, uh, you know, I wasn't doing something that really left a mark on society, uh, what I call a mitzvah job, that really, you know, changed people in any way, shape or form. I, I was like, I, I need to do something that leaves a mark on the world, that does something good. Um, and people were throwing their parties in my apartment because I lived in the middle of the village in, the, in Manhattan, um, on Broadway, near Broadway. So... Those parties, my friends had really interesting friends, writers for Mad Magazine, writers for The Onion, DJs on WBAI. <clears throat> and they were my guinea pigs for the first like two years because I had lots of interesting things and I would tell these interesting stories. And I noticed people would walk in the room and, you know, nowadays at any time, if you lecture at people, they put up a wall, you know, and it, it takes till, you know, sometimes till four o'clock in the morning and lots of alcohol before anyone agrees with anything. But I noticed with these items, <clears throat> as soon as they walked through the door, they immediately were like curious and positive and happy again and smiling. And, and they became the people that we thought 
are lost, you know, that everyone, you know, the, the world is, you know, the media they're trying to convince us are lost, but there's, it's still there. It's just buried. Nothing's bringing it out, but the items brought it out right away. And I thought maybe this can be a thing. And I went to my elementary school and said, I'm going to teach the kids and the adults, the, you know, history using the actual items. And they're going to actually get to touch the items and it's going to be interactive and historic and all that. And I called newspapers and said, show up. And they said, nah, who are you? <laughs> and I said, you should bring a photographer. And you said, you're lucky if you get an article. <laughs> and um, they ended up giving me front page articles with color pictures and two page spreads. So I knew I touched a nerve. And that's why I decided, let me try to make this a career, you know, take my passion and turn it into something that can do stuff. Nice. I, I love that. And I appreciate you sharing it so much. And what was kind of coming to my mind is the word um, legacy, as you said, as sometimes when we're, you know, passionate about things, it's, it's so um, impactful to be able to kind of leave a mark and leave a legacy. And as you said, I, I love how you said um, a lot of times, um, sometimes the essence of who we are, the things that um, kind of, I guess, inspire us, get us excited. Sometimes it's buried within and it doesn't mean that we don't have it. It's a lot of times it has to be unlocked. So I love how um, hearing, you know, your the story and journey that, you know, those things that you had and the way that you, for lack of a better term, even communicate seems to bring that out of people and gets them excited, inquisitive. A lot of times, like, you know, they have maybe potentially been in a while. Yeah, exactly. I think people like you and me, and even if you run an ice cream shop, <clears throat> What you're doing is you're you're getting people to be happy. You're using your talent, your passion for something to give people something that will make them, you know, happy or better or or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, absolutely. When you get to use your gifts, your abilities, your skills, even uh, to not just improve your life, but improve the lives of others and get to showcase that that's really a phenomenal um, place to be. So I know we touched on it a little bit um, and in the beginnings of the, the Museum of Interesting Things. Could you take us through a little bit more on what you're doing there and how you're serving the clients that you work with? So the purpose behind the museum, or what I like to call the secret conspiracy, um, <laughs> is to bring back that curiosity and that positivity. And the way I do it is I'll go almost anywhere. But the main, the main thing is going to schools and libraries and stuff like that and events, uh, because that's where the people can really interact with it. Um, especially the next generation. So it's really important. Uh, the thing that I love the most is when we go to like a school or to a library and school could be anything from K, kindergarten, all the way up to a senior center, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, but K through 12 is the one that you think of most. Um, but also colleges, you mentioned that I lectured at NYU and, and all these other places, Columbia and all that. Um, but yeah, almost every single uh, grade just to get people to, you know, get to experience history from history. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And, and you know, some of the things that you bring, I, I guess they complement maybe um, conversations maybe they're having, you know, already and kind of bring it to light. Is that kind of like what you're doing? Yeah, I always try to uh, get an idea of their curriculum. Uh, the teachers will also, we've got so many themes, especially since COVID, where uh, I do a speakeasy once a, um, once a week, which isn't technically a prohibition speakeasy. I actually show 16 millimeter films there. Um, but because we do it every, we used to do it every month. Now we do it every week. And of course, being a New Yorker, I'd be boring if I did the same thing over and over. <laughs> so we do a different theme. So since we're doing it every week, the math would mean that I have 52 themes now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
Um, but the teachers will look at them and say, what works with our curriculum? What works with our students? Um, and they, the most popular one is the first one I ever did, ironically, Eureka, the History of Invention. Mm-hmm. That one tends to be the one everyone starts with first because it gives you kind of a smorgasbord of all the different genres from music to science to literature to math. Uh, but then they get more you know, uh, surgical and they find things that work a little better with this class or that class. Then they'll do the math show or they'll do the science show. But one library really got creative. For my speakeasy, I did a history I learned from Bugs Bunny. Oh, nice. <laughs> and I thought it would just be fun to do for our events, you know. But funny enough, a bunch of libraries found it, picked up on it and said, you actually learn a lot of history from that stuff. They snuck in lots of interesting stuff like the war rations program, mm. you know, and, you know, all sorts of other stuff, opera, you know, kill the rabbit, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You get to to, to, to have those um, engagements and those opportunities to kind of showcase a lot of skills and abilities, thoughts, passions and gifts and in so many different ways. So I love that you've been able to kind of fully um, take advantage of that. So uh, what would you consider to be what I like to call your secret sauce? And this could be for yourself, the business or a combination of both. But what do you feel kind of sets you apart and makes you unique? Um, well, there's two secret sauce. One secret sauce for the items, people always ask, you know, what makes something interesting is, and it's really anything. Um, so it can be, uh, it's got to have some sort of wow factor. It's got to have a, what I call the missing link factor, all the links in the chain until your iPod, iPhone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, it's nice to have some sort of educational vac- factor and all that. And if it has all three, it's a home run. Um but the, the, so that's for the antiques and for the items, people go, what do you pick? And I'm like, you can pick almost anything. Almost anything could be interesting uh, in life. Uh, even a kitchen utensil, uh, you can find interesting and fascinating. Uh, the old meat grinders are like, look like medieval torture devices to kids. <laughs> <laughs> um, but as far as the museum, uh, the secret behind that uh, goes back to the first time I did a show for the New York City Small Business Association. And um, and they wanted me to take the train uptown and I didn't wanna bring the antiques at the time in the train, so I mined the show. <laughs> so I had nothing with me and I'm the Museum of Interesting Things and there's nothing in the room. We were in like a classroom and I mimed the whole show. Um, and it's really not about, you know, ironically, a guy that runs a Museum of Interesting Things, it's not about the things. It's about what you leave for people, what what you inspire them, you know, how you inspire them. Um, so I, I did the whole show. And when I was done, the guy looks at me and he goes, are you prepared for what's going to happen to you? And I said, what, poverty? <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, no, what you're doing is so unique and you're so passionate for it that if people find out about it, it's going to explode. And are you ready for that kind of growth? And I was like, oh, yeah, sure. That was 12 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. So I love that. And so I wanted to switch gears a little bit. And I want to ask you for what I call a CEO hack. So this could be like an app, a book, or a habit that you have. But what's something that makes you more effective and efficient? Um, Besides chocolate chip cookies. Hey, if that works for you, (laughs) tell me more. All of that works. (laughs) And, and, And music. You know, I always have to have music behind me. I was a DJ on seven different radio stations. I've interviewed almost everybody, a lot of famous uh, 
80s stars. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I just, I always have to have something, you know, I call it like happy food, happy music. As an entrepreneur, you sit there and you just, you, you go into that grind. And I'm like, if you don't have something that balances you, then you're gonna you're gonna get you know disillusioned or you're gonna get burnt out you know or something else and those things kind of help in keeping you on track a little bit yeah absolutely especially in entrepreneurship but it's sometimes in life in general you can become disheartened disillusioned you know frustrated and 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 stressed but uh, i i love that you know hackers because i think so many times we forget about the impact that music can have like when you play a song and it literally can take you back to a point in your life Everyone always tries to hammer you into some sort of, you know, box in some sort of rule and say, well, if you want to succeed, you need to make sure that you're up at nine and dressed and at five, stop doing it and then close the shop uh, and then it'll work. Or you have to make sure that even though you're home, you're not in pajamas, you're in your suit and tie and you behave as if you're in the, you know, everyone gives us all this crazy advice. First of all, do whatever makes you happy. (laughs) I try never to tell people what to do. Um, But that said, a little bit of my experience to expound on people, when you're doing freelance, especially, I call it hills and troughs. So don't do it by the, you don't have to do it by the nine to five. You could do it by the project and say, okay, I've got, you know, something I've got to edit, a book I've got to edit, or I've got a website I've got to design, or I've got a cookie I've got to make, you know, I've got a wedding I've got to prepare for. Then you do it by the project, and that is your hill. And when you're done with that project, now your day is done for a moment. Take a break. Yeah, I love that. And I'm not sure if that might be, you know, I was going to ask you for a nugget, but it definitely sounds like one. So uh, now I, I want to ask you my absolute favorite question, which is the definition of what it means to be a CEO. We're hoping to have different quote unquote CEOs on the show. So Denny, what does being a CEO mean to you? It's understanding being the CEO, the guy in charge, and understanding being the worker elf as well. Um, it's understanding both sides of that equation. And it's understanding the people Uh, that are coming in, everyone should feel as if they're part of the family. And I've been doing that since I was a kid because my family always had family businesses. Um, And then as a kid, I ended up, you know, getting a paper route and then working in a Carvel, (laughs) you know, working in an ice cream shop. So I understood what it felt like to be the guy in charge and the one running the show and the guy having to take orders. Uh, And when you have an appreciation for both, then uh, you can commiserate, you can empathize. Absolutely. Appreciate that uh, perspective. And of course, I appreciate your, your time even more. What I wanted to do now was pass you the mic, so to speak, just to see if there's anything additional that you can let our readers and listeners know. And of course, how best people could get a hold of you and find about all the awesome things that you're working on. So there's, there's almost nothing, uh, the museum can't do at this point. So I've had literally, you know, Capital Bank call up and say, can we do a little thing with you guys where the workers will, you know, experience something? And we mixed my show about money and my show about computers and my show about math. And then I've had, you know, seniors call me up and say, can you do, I love that feeling of like, 
sharing things with different things. So contacting me is, of course, Museum of Interesting Things. If you Google that, supposedly it comes right up. It should at least. Um, and I'm sure you have some sort of link thing somewhere in there. Um, and emailing me or calling me is totally cool. People get a kick out of the fact that I actually pick up. Um, well, Denny, truly appreciate you, you know, sharing and showing and all the awesome things that you're doing. Um, we, As you promised, we will definitely have the links and information in the show notes as well, too, so that everybody can get a hold of you. Um, but I love everything that you're doing. And even more, as we kind of talked about, I love what it represents and what it means as well, too. I think that's one of those deeper legacy building and impactful things uh, with everything that you've been able to do with the museum. So appreciate you, my friend. Um, definitely save some chocolate chip cookies for me. And I hope you have a phenomenal rest of the day. Oh, yeah, I'll save them when we go on our motivational tour. There we go. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to the I Am CEO podcast powered by CB Nation and Blue 16 Media. Tune in next time and visit us at imceo.co. IMCEO is not just a phrase, it's a community. Want to level up your business even more? Read blogs, listen to podcasts, and watch videos at cbnation.co. Also, check out our IMCEO Facebook group. This has been the IMCEO Podcast with Gresham Harkless Jr. Thank you for listening.